0: Welcome back to another episode of Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. On this podcast, we explore all things related to thriving and flourishing in life. There are three fundamental truths that inform not just my podcast, but my coaching as well. And they are, number one, the future can be changed. You are not stuck and you are not trapped by your predictable future. Wherever you are right now, it's just your present state. It does not determine where you can go in life. Fundamental truth number two, you can change your future. This might be the best news of all. You don't need to be rescued by someone else. You can do that for yourself. In other words, you can be your own hero. And fundamental truth number three, you do not have to wait. Too many people think that they have to have the perfect plan or all the knowledge or all the skills before they can get started. Nothing is further from the truth. I've coached a lot of people in my career, and trust me when I say that you can learn whatever it is that you need to learn along the way. The key is to start. If you've listened to the podcast before, you'll probably know that we find stories and experts who shed light on these different areas so that we can all flourish and thrive. Let's dive in to today's episode. My guest today is a wife, mother, grandmother, aunt, friend, caregiver, realtor, motivational speaker, teacher, hot chocolate bomb maker, and podcaster. She likes to say that she is still deciding what she wants to do when she grows up. Her name is Heidi Aldridge, and I think that you're going to love meeting her. So Heidi, thank you so much for joining me here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation as always. And so I thought maybe we'd just get started by you telling us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, I am a mom and a wife and a sister and a friend. So I keep uh, many hats and I keep really busy. Right now I'm a chocolate bomb maker. I make hot chocolate bombs, which has been a fun Ooh. Christmas treat that a lot of people are buying. So I've made 700 hot chocolate bombs in the past few weeks. Oh my so. goodness. Wait, wait, wait. Crazy. Now, what is a hot chocolate bomb? Because I love hot chocolate. Yes. Well, it's hot chocolate inside a chocolate ball. <gasps> so it's like a hard outer chocolate shell. And then inside is the cocoa and the marshmallows. So you put it in your mug, you pour hot milk over it, and you watch it kind of break open. And then you stir it up. And it's the best hot chocolate because it's extra chocolatey with the chocolate shell. So oh! I've had so much fun making them. And I make like 18 different flavors. So. Oh, my goodness. A good hobby. I would guess. Now, do you sell those? I do sell them. I wasn't planning on selling them when I started. I just thought this is fun and I love making them. And then my pantry's full of them. And so I started asking people, like, do you want these? And now, wow, 700 I've sold in the past few weeks. So yeah, it's a wow. lot. Wow. Good <laughs> it's for been you. Really good. Yeah. It's been so fun. they must be really good. They are super good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't make anything I don't like. Unfortunately, I have to try, you know, (laughs) (laughs) all the things, but they're really good. So if I'm not podcasting, then I'm making hot chocolate bombs. That's my life right now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's good. So a lot of different roles,
0: a lot of different hats.
1: Yeah. You also do, you
0: also do motivational
1: speaking, right? I do. Yep. Yep. I do that too. I've done several appearances this year too. So it's been hard, you know, last year without people gathering. And so that's coming back. I like, I prefer in person. I have done online, but yeah, I'll come and talk to any group and hopefully yeah. people can walk away feeling a little bit better and a little inspired and a little motivated. So that's yeah. my goal.
0: Okay. Very cool. So when you're do- doing your speeches, what do you generally talk
1: about? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I usually have to talk about happiness. That's one of the things I've struggled with my whole life. And so mm. it's something I feel really passionate about. And yeah. so I usually will teach people ways to kind of upgrade their happiness level and be able to realize that happiness is more a way of traveling instead of a destination you have to get to. So we can kind of set our happiness and we can adjust it depending on what's going on in our life and we can improve it and work towards finding happiness and keeping it no matter what's going on in our life. Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, it's Okay. Kind of really so good. So there's a bunch of stuff I want to dive into there. First of all, you said that
1: happiness is something that you struggled with.
0: Yes, very So much. Yeah. Can you, can you share more about that?
1: Yes. Back when I was a kid, of course, I have to take way back, a <laughs> long time ago. Um, when I was young, I was made fun of really, really bad and bullied really bad, picked on, threatened <sighs> to be beat up, and just teased so badly that I finally got to the point where I thought my life probably wasn't worth living anymore because I didn't want people to have to look at my ugly face anymore. Oh, Heidi, you're kidding. It was, it was horrible. It was a really hard time. I had features that were bigger than my face. (laughs) So (laughs) I've had some surgeries since then now to help with that a little bit, but you know, it was just a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And so My teenage years, by that point, it got to be just ruthless, you know, just, just miserable and painful. And so I decided, you know, this is, this is going to be the best answer for everyone. The world will be better off. I need to end my life. So everybody can be happier is what I really, that was my thinking. And then about the time, you know, that I was in that kind of spiraling down to that solution, my dad took his own life. No. And died by suicide. And that was in his suicide note was like, everybody will be better off now that I'm gone. And it was so kind of shocking, you know, like, wait, no, that's not the answer. That didn't help anything. And he's missed everything. He's missed watching me and my brothers grow up and get married and have kids. He'd be a grandpa now, you know, and so I just, he'd be a great grandpa now even. So I just, it kind of woke me up to Mm -hmm. stop kind of wallowing in myself. And I remember my dad died. It was two days after Thanksgiving. And I remember going back to school Monday after Thanksgiving break and just seeing the kids in the hallway of the high school and just like noticing people like I hadn't noticed them before and just kind of feeling this like connection with people and kind of smiling and looking in their eyes as we pass each other in the hallway. And I just felt like it was kind of a gift that I was given at that point to like stop worrying about myself and stop thinking about. Myself and how I felt about myself, and start looking around and wondering, do other people in this hallway, in this school, in these classrooms, do they feel the same as me? Yeah. Are they hurting? Are they, are they sad? Are they in pain? And it was amazing. So I was able to kind of stop looking inward and start looking outward and be able to reach out and help people. And I really had a big turnaround at that moment. I also had a wonderful boyfriend who supported me and kept me going all the time. He didn't know I was suicidal. But little things he did really made a difference in my life and ma- gave me one more day to keep going. You know, he, he yeah. just as simple as like, I'm going to call you in the morning, you know, and I'm like, oh, so I can't die tonight because he's going to call me tomorrow, you know, <laughs> and so just little <laughs> things like that in my brain would yeah. help me keep going another day. And yeah, so, so I kind of. I got better, you know, a little bit just on my own and just spent those last couple of years of high school, just really thriving and doing well. I spoke at high school graduation. Like it was just, I felt (laughs) a lot more confident and I just felt a lot better about life and kind of had more purpose, I think, to try to find myself and think of others. And then, you know, fast forward, then I get married, have a couple of kids. I got into a depression again with You know, like a postpartum kind of thing, and then went through infertility for a few years and miscarriages. And it really started taking a toll on me again. And I found myself back in that thinking of like, I'm not enough, and I must not be a good enough mom because I can't have any more kids. Or what am I doing wrong? Or I'm being punished. I don't know. I just, my head just started going in that loop again, thinking that you should just take your life because the world would, doesn't need you. The world would be better off without Mm -hmm. you. And, And again, I was blessed with an experience to be able to kick myself out of it again by a friend actually telling me that I wasn't very fun to be around and that she I was a real downer and depressed and hard to be around and she didn't want to hang out with me anymore. And luckily, that was a good thing to hear that at the time. I needed that kind of to stop looking at myself, stop feeling sorry for myself, stop thinking about myself again. And to be able to look at others. And at that point, I was able to kind of again look around me in my neighborhood, my community, and notice people for the first time and realizing hmm. their stories and things that they've been through and things that they've experienced that are way worse than I thought I was going through a really hard thing. But and so I decided to like talk to people about their stories. Yeah. And be like, hey, tell me, tell me about your story. Why do you do what you do? What has motivated you to this? Or You had a really hard experience. How are you so happy now? And then I went to a radio talk show station and asked if I could interview these people on the radio. Oh, my goodness. I started a radio talk show. So it was amazing. It was called Heidi's Lemonade Stand. And I would have guests come every week and they'd be able to tell me their lemon to lemonade story. And it just completely changed my outlook for the better. And that really stuck that time, you know, now. Yeah. I learned skills from these people. I learned tips. I learned just how to overcome really hard things and really become a better person based on what you've been through. I learned to embrace trials and hardship and use them as steps and growing experiences and learning experiences. And I just learned so much. And I had my miracle baby. I got pregnant while I was hosting this show. And so it was great, I think, as I kind of forgot about myself and focused on something else. I was blessed to finally be able to have my last child. And and so I went off the air two weeks before she was born. I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, I need to take a oh break. My I'm goodness. having yeah. this new baby. And then she ended up being born two days after I signed off the air. And then 20 years later, I started it up again as a podcast. Wow. <laughs> so, 20 years. 20 years. I thought, oh, I'll be right back to radio. And then I just enjoyed kind of that do-over. I really loved yeah. being able to be a mom again and try again. My first two, I was young and depressed and I didn't embrace it and enjoy it. And so this third one, I'm like, okay, this is a gift. This is a miracle. I don't want to wish this away. I know it ends soon enough, you know, and they grow up and go to school and they move on yeah. And so I just wanted to embrace it. And so after that, I started kind of studying about happiness and just reading books about it and going to seminars about it and just learning all I could about that and learning how I can adjust my happiness and learning all the skills that I now teach. So
0: wow. it's been
1: really good 20 years. <clears throat> that's amazing. You so know, that's the long story. <laughs> no,
0: that's, it's so wonderful, right? Because it really shows like how you grew through it and how like you needed to learn this and now it's, now it's your turn to share it. Yeah. You know? There's something that you said so much of what you said in there, but a couple of things I picked up on is that both times when you were really depressed, it seemed like when you turned your focus outwards and you said you really started noticing people like, like when you were in high school and you said you started looking people in the, in the eye and in the eyes and really noticing them. Is that, was
1: that something that you'd ever done before that time or was that brand new? No, that was brand new because of being bullied so bad. I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror, you know, I couldn't even see myself because I was so ugly. And so I kept my head down and just, I would cover my face. I would walk with, you know, things in front of books or something in front of my face or my hand in front of my face all the time. I just didn't want to be seen. And so, of course, I wasn't noticing anyone else either. I was so consumed with hiding and not being authentic or even liking myself, to even notice yeah. other people. And so it wasn't until my dad died and seeing how hard it was being left behind. That's yeah. what kind of kicked me <laughs> the most was just like, wait, that is not a solution. Like <laughs> the people left behind are not happy about this. I can't imagine anyone being happy that someone no. is gone. But when you get in that thinking mode, you think you're really healthy. It's it's something that definitely flips in our brains to make us think yeah. that that's the solution. So I get that. I'm not trying to make light of that in any way it's a very serious feeling and it's you are in the depths of it and you really see no way out you really think logically that that is the only way out to help everyone yeah, yeah. and to make everyone happy is to be gone wow. and so as that person left behind you realize yeah that is not the solution at all That's so not the solution. it's easier to kind of flip that switch back to okay <laughs> what are other options yeah that is not one that works so, no yeah, not that for really anyone me. yeah yeah so that really helped me just start noticing other people. I'm like, other people are in pain, other people yeah. are hurting, other people have feelings, and it, mm-hmm. it was shocking to me. I realized that. Wow. Okay. I need to. I need to notice others now. Yeah, because
0: everyone out there is carrying some kind of load. Absolutely. Right? They've all yeah. got some kind of bricks in their backpack.
1: That's exactly it. <laughs> you know, some are really heavy and wear on you really yeah. bad. So, but we all are carrying it. Yep. Yeah. When you were talking there about being in the hallway at, in high
0: school, it. Years ago, I did leadership work with high school students and they were weekend retreats. Started on Friday, like around midday and went all the way through Sunday. And I remember she was actually a guest on my show earlier, Kristen. She was one of the facilitators. And she always made the point of opening her retreats with saying, I want you to look around at all the other kids, because we might have 80 kids there. And she said, because I know that one of the concerns you have right now is you're thinking, what do people think of me? What do people think of me? And she's like, but what I want you to think about right now is what are you thinking about? You're thinking about yourself. No one else cares what you're doing. She's like, so just, just let go of that. Just embrace it and be there for each other. And when, as soon as she said that, I'm like, you know, you're absolutely right. We're all caught up in what we're doing. No one's judging us. We think people are judging us.
1: You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly. In fact, I spoke at an event a couple of weeks ago and, you know, you have that, Right before, at least I do, you know, right before you're like trying to pick your outfit and is your hair going to be okay. You don't want to wear something too distracting or something too, you know, it's so, it's so funny because you spend a little bit, probably too much time worried about how you look when you're getting in front of a group. And I remember I got up there in front of them and I said, you know, this time it was really nice because I thought you guys didn't worry too much about what you were going to wear today with me having to look at you. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to stop worrying so much about what you're going to think looking at me. And they, you know, they are all laughed, but it's true. Like I'm putting all this energy and and crazy anxiety into what am I going to wear in front of these people? And none of them thought about what they were going to wear in front of me. So it was it was just kind of an aha moment of like, why do I care so much? Like, we just care a lot about ourselves and we're worried about ourselves. And when we kind of think outside and look at the audience and go, you know what? These people are all hurting and they're all here for a message. They don't care if my mm-hmm. hair's curly or not or what my <laughs> outfit
0: looks like. <laughs> she didn't straighten her hair today. I can't possibly listen. Yes.
1: I'm always <laughs> so right? no thinking that. <laughs> they don't think that. That's exactly it. But we think that. Yeah. We're like the whole spend two hours in the morning going, oh, oh, you know, what should, I, what should I wear? How should I do this? Yeah. Right. It's silly. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. You like, we got to stop looking at ourselves all the time and realize that none of us are really giving the other person much of a thought, which Mm -mm. is so funny. Like how much time do you spend thinking about the other person in the room, but yet you think everybody's thinking about you. Yeah. So why do we do that to ourselves?
0: It's silly. Well, and we all have that internal judge right? One of our saboteurs,
1: right? The the, awesome voice in our head. Oh
0: God. And that's the one that's like, oh, someone's, you know, they're judging you, your eye makeup's wrong or whatever it (laughs) might be, you know, you're whatever that is. Um, I don't know the equivalent for men, but I know it exists. And years ago, oh my God, this was like more than 20 years ago, Heidi, Rick and I, he's my husband, we were living in Chicago. And I read this article about if you want to quiet that voice for yourself, that internal judge, really pay attention to your thoughts when you meet new people. Are you judging them? And even if you're not judging them, but to take it a step further and say, wow, so-and-so looks really great today. And at the time, I mean, I was 20 years younger. And I thought, well, I don't know if that's going to work, but we were going to a wedding. <laughs> so, you know, and so that when I got to the wedding there, I knew like three people at this wedding. So I was meeting tons of new people because I think there were 400 people there. And I made a point of thinking, wow, that's a great dress so and so is wearing or Wow, I really love his suit. And you know, it made a really big difference you know because our yes. the way we you know reflecting out what reflects in yes. and yeah so anyway that's what it reminded me of and i think no, we got is,
1: we get caught up go. in it yeah yes yes well and that that's exactly one of the things i teach is is exactly that it's question your thoughts and mm-hmm. that's something that i love that you said that because it seems easy to just go okay instead of worrying about what you're wearing just go and notice oh that person's wearing something really pretty or really nice and that does help a lot it's a lot of this kind of that gratitude and just enjoying the moment too. But one thing I've, I teach is, is to question your thoughts as if you're like in a court of law where, you know, I always pretend like, okay, I think something like we'll use my curly hair, you know? So, oh, my curly hair, you know, I, I look like I haven't gotten ready today because my hair is curly. Right. So obviously I don't care. I'm a sloppy person. I haven't tried to do it, you know? And so you start getting these thoughts, right? That all these things. And so I picture like, okay, pretend you're in court, you're in front of a judge. And you got your lawyer there with his briefcase or his file boxes of proof. He's going to bring all the proof that your oh. statement is true. So what kind of things, if he opens his briefcase, would would he be able to show, yeah, you're a lazy person and don't care and didn't do your hair today because it's curly. <laughs> what proof could he have for that? Right. You know, right? And so I'm just like, okay, so we have to question our thoughts in kind of more like, is that true? Is that really yeah. true? just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. And so that's mm. something I've had to really work on because of course my thoughts go very extreme to where I shouldn't live anymore. And so I have to question, is that true? What? Where's the proof if it is true? Is yeah. it true because I thought it? Because I thought it? Because I think that? That doesn't mm-hmm. prove anything.
0: No. Yeah. One of the things that's so related to this, and I found it really po- uh, powerful is because it's easy to get caught up and I'm the only one that has these type of thoughts. Right. But it's universal. We all have these types of thoughts, right? It doesn't matter how successful you are. We have these thoughts. And I heard someone talk about it and he said that it's kind of like our brain is a crazed sportscaster (laughs) whose job is to keep talking no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's the truth. The job is to keep talking and that goes to it, right? It's just saying stuff. It doesn't
1: mean it's true. doesn't mean it's true. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. The sportscaster, because he's just noticing (laughs) anything in the room just to keep talking. It's like, (laughs) okay, that's so irrelevant. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, that I love that the the question your thoughts, question your thoughts. It doesn't mean it's true just because you thought it. Yeah. And even if somebody else has said it to you, still doesn't make it true. Like all the bullying and all the mean things people said to me, Mm -hmm. you know, I believed it because, well, obviously, if they said it, it must be true. And so I had to realize I was this. It was debilitating. You know, like I said, I ended oh, yeah. up having to have surgery because I literally got to the point where I couldn't leave my house anymore, you know, and oh, I'd, I'd got married and had kids and I was so terrified of like going to my kid's school, elementary school. It's when they went to elementary school, it got to be just flashbacks of elementary school for me. And I'm like, if I go to their school, they'll be picked on and made fun of because they have a mom that looks like me. And I just went, my brain <sighs> just went crazy. So it got to the point where I had to have plastic surgery so that I could leave my house. Wow. It was so hard. And I believed all those mean things. And I wish, and it's funny because you can look at before and after pictures. I've showed my friends and they're like, um, they can't tell. see any difference. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So yeah, it's like not even that big of a deal anyway. So yeah. it's silly, but anyway. No, it is. Us. But we you know? we get we get so we believe it. What whatever it yep. is. So why don't we believe the good stuff? Like mm. it takes you know, like what one negative thing, you know, will wipe out ten good things. And so we have to balance it out, real unevenly, <laughs> to be able to believe any of the good stuff.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> it's really sad. And I was thinking about your metaphor with the attorney in the courtroom. Right? Yeah. He can have a briefcase full of all the positive things. Yeah. But man, we discount that. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's exactly and- it. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like we don't want to be open to feedback. Of course. But there's a difference between feedback that's intentional and thoughtful and meant to help. Exactly, And, and just
1: someone, yeah. and what? And just being mean. The just being mean. Yeah. 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 It's not but necessary. man, we listen.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, we listen to that and people who are lashing out or this is the other thing about feedback too, is I was reading this study once it was done at Stanford people feel really good about themselves when they can find fault with others, Uh, Yeah, right? So, okay, so are you giving me that feedback because it makes you feel good about you or because you really want to help me get better? And that's just, I think that would go into questioning, questioning our thoughts and also what we're hearing from others. You know, how do we apply different filters to those?
1: Yes. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Is it coming from a place of love or is it coming from something else? Yeah. yeah. That's an easy way to determine it. I think you can feel that or you can see it. What do you think? Yes, definitely. I think it's a certain person too. I had somebody tell me that they aren't going to value, you know, like, especially if it's like internet trolling or something, you know, and all the negative oh. comments or people, and it's like, I'm not going to value someone's opinion who doesn't even know me. First of all, that's, that's right. You know, I mean, that's easy to cut out, but anybody who doesn't really take any interest in in your daily life or in your growing and expanding and being this great person. So it's hard, you know, you have to think about it, but why would you give more than 2 seconds to something that doesn't even matter for yeah. somebody who you don't even know. Yeah. But it does. It affects you. It gets kind of under your skin and it hurts and you wonder if there's some truth to it and you know you have to kind of step back and be like, "Okay, this person obviously is dealing with some painful things in their life to decide to lash out and say mean things to me. Yeah, And I've learned just even in people I do know that say hurtful things or do hurtful things, like that one friend, you know, she wasn't trying to be hurtful to tell me that I wasn't fun to be around. She was true. Like that, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was a real downer. And so that one I could take with the love and understanding that it came with. Yeah. And there's other people that just are like, Hurting themselves, they are in a painful place, and so they want you to hurt, and so that's they'll right. say hurtful things to you because they see you doing well and thriving and happy, and they want to bring you down to their level. Bring you and down. Then you have notch. to kind of step back and look at that situation. and Go, okay, that's yeah. not really at me. They're in pain. Yeah, and they're being mean. <laughs> it helps yeah. to step back from the situation. It really does. You no, know, what makes me sad about that is
0: I remember growing up. My mom always, I think that it came from a place of love. She always wanted to make sure we never got too big of an ego. So like, you'd be really feeling good about yourself and she'd be like, okay, it's time to bring you down a notch or two. And it's like, really? I'm a teenager. I probably don't need to be brought down a notch or two. But I mean, that was like, no, don't do that. You know, why, why do you have to do that? But this was sometime this year, I don't know how I came across this, but it was a quote by Morgan Freeman. And he said, I'm not going to accept criticism from someone that I would not actively seek their advice.
1: Yes. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Isn't that good? (laughs) So much better in that one sentence. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly it. Don't take criticism from someone who you don't value their opinion. You don't need their help. You don't want their advice. Then don't take their advice. (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's exactly it. So that's one of the things that
0: you teach. What are some other things that you teach uh, relative to that?
1: I do. Yeah, I teach. I try to teach like kind of five important points, you know, about just gratitude. That's a big one. You know, that's kind of my number one thing I really teach about because it seems so simple. Oh, just be grateful. But it's so much more than that. Like there's just ways that you can change your thinking and find gratitude in even the worst circumstances mm-hmm. and situations. And so I really try to help people learn techniques and ways to be grateful no matter what. Yeah. So gratitude's a big one. Also forgiveness is another oh. one that I teach about just because it's even about forgiving ourselves. I think that's yeah. key is mm-hmm. we kind of hold on to a lot of stuff that we shouldn't. And forgiveness is something that you don't have to like do for the other person. And that's, that's right. something I try to help people understand that forgiveness is all about you, and it's all about inside of you. And you don't even have to go to that other person. You don't have to go to that person who's hurt you. You don't have to confront them. You don't have to write them a letter. You don't have to do any of that. It's all inner work because yeah. it, you know I love the saying that you're drinking poison hoping that person will die. Yep. Because that's what forgiveness does for you. It clears that poison from you. That's and right. Helps you move on. And I've learned that in my life that. Usually stuff I'm holding grudges about the other person doesn't even remember doing anyway. so that's right. It's affecting my life and my happiness because I'm miserable because of what someone did. yeah and that's silly because they've moved on. they're living their life. they don't care about Mm-mm. how I feel. and so why am I giving that power to them? That's and right So I've learned to just stop giving the power away by mm-hmm. holding on to those grudges and not forgiving yeah because it's all inside. Yeah, that's powerful. And it hurts you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one I teach. And then the watching our thoughts, you know, the the, yeah. the testing our thoughts. And and then the other big thing I teach is to try to see everything as a gift mm-hmm. and not and so the Lemonade Stand podcast has really <laughs> taken that to a new level for me yeah. to revive that after 21 years and be able to talk to new people. Now I've interviewed over a hundred. 20 people now and in the past year. And it's just they all have that in common. They just see their Mm -hmm. pain and suffering and trials and hardships as a gift. And it's brought them to this next point in their life that they wouldn't be. They wouldn't have all the goodness they have had it not been for that. And so I teach about not labeling things good or bad. Mm. You know, they just it's just what is. (laughs) It's just is what it is. And so it's that's right. We don't know. We could label something bad right from the start, but that could end up being something good. So yeah. So if we focus on this is bad and this is so painful and this is so hard and this is terrible and it's like what if it just is? Okay, this just is. Something I'm dealing with. And just right. the way our perspective changes as soon as we just call it what it is instead of saying something bad. And so that's helped a lot with labeling <laughs> to not yeah. to not get caught up in how bad or hard things are. And right. usually I mean I like I said I've heard Hundreds of stories now of people that have dealt with stuff that I wouldn't want to go through, and how they can say that they're grateful for it, or say that it was a good thing, or that it brought them to a new, better place in their life. So yeah. something you would think is bad has actually been good. It is. Sometimes it's a. It is a gift.
0: We might not understand it when we're first given it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I was on. It, it wasn't your podcast. It was a different one. This was a, about a year ago, and we were talking about my illness that I had back in two thousand and three. Yeah. And we talked about it. I mean, that was a 10-year journey back to health. And she asked me, she said, if you could go back and not have the illness, would you? And Heidi, I just stopped. And I'm like, I can't say I would want it again, but I learned so much. Yeah. I grew so much because of it that I I don't know that I want to give up that learning. You Know if there's another way to learn that without going through it, but sometimes (laughs) those experiences be another painful thing. (laughs) Hey, at least I made it through that. I don't need another one. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes those things are so what advice do you have for someone? Let's say they're going through something hard. Because I don't want to minimize, because I understand at all. I mean, sometimes it sucks. Let's just say it's it's bad. It sucks. Yes. So without minimizing that. Right. And I love, I love the tip about not labeling it good, bad, right. negative, positive, any other tips for someone?
1: Yeah. I think just kind of, it, it's hard in the moment. Like things are, things are hard and, and they're painful and, and usually it's some kind of loss and it it's it sucks, you know, yeah. And, and that's okay. So that's the thing is it's okay to, to hurt and be sad and be mad, you know, any of the feelings, feel them feel and them. don't try to get over it, you know, like right away, like, it's worse when we just brush it out. Oh, oh, I'm not supposed to label it good or bad, so it's fine and I'm okay. You're like, oh no, no, nope. <laughs> that's going to come back to hurt you too. So just feel it and go, wow, this really hurts and I'm really sad and this is really hard and I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Like you can yeah. just say it. And then that's when I try to do kind of some gratitude or just some other thinking instead of, because that's the point we can really start sinking, right? We can just mm. be like, this is so bad. and this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm never going to survive this. And I'm hurting so much. And and you can just keep going and going right. and going. So there has to be a point when you can stop and go, okay. And I had somebody on my podcast teach me, but at least, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was just, when she said, but at least I'm like, okay, whatever. And I kind of blew it off. But, but then this happened this week, my windshield got hit with a rock, got oh, a big, geez. huge, you know, chunk out of my windshield. And I was so, you know, I'm like, so mad, and it's a brand new car, and what if I have to replace the windshield and the cost and the time, and ooh, so, so mad, and that stupid truck, you know, and mm, mm-mm. And then I'm like, well, but at least it's just a rock chip, you know? That's right. But at least it wasn't a car accident, but at least I'm okay. My car's still driving. And I spent the next 20 minutes of my drive to my destination doing the but at least. And by the time I got there, it's not that I was happy about the rock chip, right? but I wasn't... I wasn't letting it bring me down to this like anger and my day is ruined and I'm so, you know, overwhelmed because it can, you can keep going into that. And then when I got to my destination, I told a friend, look, look at that awesome rock chip I got <laughs> the size of a quarter and i nailed it, you know, right in the middle of the windshield. And I was kind of almost joking about it, you know, it was like, woo, yeah. amazing rock chip. And she's like, oh, I've got a guy right over here that repairs them for free. And I'm like, oh. had it taken care of within the hour, you know? So I'm like, wow, that ended up being okay. And I could I know I'm making it trivial about a rock chip and a windshield, but it's that point of like, whatever it is we're dealing with, our thinking has all the control over it. It's how we think about it. And if we're going to keep going deeper and worse and worse, that's where we're going to be. Yeah. But if we can try to change it, we never want to say, but at least to someone else. Yes. I was <laughs> just going to say. Yeah, don't ever, <laughs> don't ever do it. <laughs> say that to someone. <laughs> if someone comes to you like, hey, my dad just died. Well, but at least you have your mom. Or I mean, no, 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 no. You not ever use the words, but at least to someone else. Right. But in your own mind, as you feel yourself spiraling to mm-hmm. help you stay focused, to help you stay grounded, to help you keep from spiraling into this deeper darker place that you don't need to spend your time in, but at least can switch your brain. And now all of a sudden your brain is trying to find good things, like that's other right.
0: things to think about. Because our brains are amazing. They are. At answering questions.
1: <laughs> right. And
0: so it's so are giving to an- it a job to do. Yeah. It, but be very careful about the question that you ask your brain. Because yeah. if you ask a brain something, you know, if you ask a question more around what's wrong, that's what it's going to look for. Right. If you ask the question on what's right, that's what it will look for. Yes. You know, and I'm so glad Heidi, you said that about don't say, but at least to another person, no, you know, because when someone's going through a hard time, it's not for us to say, well, you need to find something to feel grateful for. Right. No, we can't do that. You, You need to, you know, you'll get there on your own. I had, this was about when I was still traveling for work. And when I was traveling for work, I was traveling almost every week. I mean, and there were times where I didn't even make it home over the weekend. I just, you know, like, I just didn't have enough time. And, and that's hard. You know, that takes a toll over time. Yeah. And yes, I was very grateful because I had a job that I loved and I had clients who loved me and I was getting to use my skills. And at the same time, it was wearing on me. I was never home. I did, you know, it was wearing on me. And someone said, well, you know, at least you have a job. And it's like, yes, that's completely true. But I always thought that's kind of like telling someone who's drowning, be grateful that you're not thirsty. Exactly, you know, it's like I get to choose my gratitude. You know yes, what I mean?
1: <laughs> yes, and it almost makes you now not like that person. Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't like, help no. at all. <laughs> yeah, you want to fight against that? You're like, well, you know, you're saying I'm not grateful too. So it just is, yeah. it triggers a whole other thing. So don't Hold go the, there. Don't go there. Right? Don't go there. It's never a good. They, no. Never say at least to someone else. There's no. never a good time <laughs> to say at least <laughs> to someone else. No. Cuz then it's like they'll get
0: great. There. Now now I'm not grateful enough on yes. top of everything else and I'm yes. trying to be grateful. I'm trying to
1: do it all. I really am. Yeah. So, oh, all right. Man. Was yeah, we fifth? cannot type, don't type the word at least, don't oh, do no. anything about it. <laughs> just least. strike it. Yes, yeah, strike it. Unless it's to yourself. Unless you it's to it. yourself. Like, then I think it's okay. great. At least I'm healthy. At least I'm okay. At least I'm safe. At least yeah. my family's okay. Whatever it is to turn that little pivot of your thinking and t- to stop spiraling down. So yeah. that's the only, it's just a little little nugget. So yeah, so I think that's really pocket. helpful. Like <laughs> yeah. for yourself. Yeah, for yourself. Anything oh, you said else? five things. Yeah. Um, the other one was like body image is something that I'm really try to talk about because it's something I've struggled with oh my yeah. life and just kind of embracing and just, you know, we compare ourselves, of course, which is silly because nobody else cares. But I think just being grateful for our bodies, again, it kind of goes back to mm-hmm. the gratitude, but just noticing all the good things it can do and being in tune to what our body needs, if it needs rest, if it needs exercise, if it needs more water, it just kind of will have overall better health. If we yeah. listen to our bodies and and feed them fuel instead of garbage, and yeah, uh, just not be so hard on ourselves, yeah, and not judge so much, so much,
0: yeah, ourselves and others with that, yeah, yeah, we don't know. So two other things I wanted to ask you about. Okay, earlier when you were talking, you said this feeling of "I'm not enough." Can you yeah. speak to that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, it's just a painful place to be in that people shouldn't sit in, you know? No, it but it we happens. Do. I think a lot of us get there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where that just little pivot of thinking because again, it goes back to the proof, you know, the courtroom. What what proof is it that you're not enough? And maybe we'll find mm. things. Maybe we're going through a really bad thing right now. Maybe the world is telling us that we're not enough because of a situation we're dealing with or something in our family or our spouse or, you know, we're going through a loss. And so we think we're just not important enough. We're not enough. We're not doing enough right. And as we dwell on that, again, it gets deeper and deeper. And then you start finding proof for that. You Mm -hmm. start looking and you start almost bringing it to your life of more proof of why you're not good enough Yeah. as you're looking for that. So what we focus on grows. (laughs) So if we can change that, I'm not enough. And sometimes we have to just do just instead of I'm not enough, just be like, I'm enough. And then we can change a time more than enough, you know, as we, as That's we, right. but just going to just, I'm you know, just, I am. And then you can go further from there, but just stop with the downward spiral. We just yeah. have to catch ourselves where we're at because we'll find proof of wherever we're at. Yeah. So why not elevate it to a better place and yeah. find proof of that? But that space of I am not enough. It's so painful so painful. It's probably one of the hardest places to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And we've probably all experienced it. Probably. I would imagine. It's not a fun place to be in. People aren't usually willing to talk about it. No. I will. (laughs) (laughs) People need to though, because that's how we connect us through our stories.
0: And then it helps other people to know, Hey, this person's gone through it too. Yep. You know,
1: there's a lot of power in me too. Yeah. As you open up and you'd be like, Me too. That happened to me too. I think that too. And I mm-hmm. struggle with that too. And all of a sudden you're like not the weird odd one anymore. You're not the freaky. You know? No. Like, oh, wow. And I look up to them or I think they're great. And they struggle with that too. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I'm a really am okay. Yep. You know what's amazing
0: up. about that too? Is that is not for let's say sensitive people or women, I do uh, been doing quarterly coaching with a company and this is a utility company. And so primarily everyone on the phone are men. Okay. And these are people who might be out digging trenches to set lines. They could be working, you know, delivering gas, whatever it is, right? So this is, you know, hard driving, you know, in, and it's funny as we go through these calls, especially since COVID happened, it completely turned their business on its head. And so as we have these calls, people are sharing like, yeah, you know, this is, this is my challenge right now and boom, 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 boom. And so much of the feedback is the value is just in knowing I'm not alone. Other people that I look up to are experiencing the same challenges. You know, I just think there's such power in that. And the one guy was funny because he's like, you're not going to make me cry. But he goes, I feel really good right now. And it was just, he's such a great guy. And it was just, and I know it because I've met him in person. He's this real big, burly guy. And he's like, you're not going to make me cry, Bobby. I'm, like, I'm not trying to. It was just so funny. But the other thing I thought of Heidi there is when we're talking about I'm, I'm enough. In coaching, we talk about the coachy is not a problem to be fixed. And sometimes I think we think of ourselves as a problem to be fixed. What if there's no problem to be fixed? just is,
1: it is what it is. Yeah. I love that. We're just enough. We're just enough. We're just doing the best we can. There's a time I wish that we could like all carry around like a poster or a name tag or something that says what we're dealing with right now. You know, like I'm hurting, I'm dealing with this or, yeah. And I just thought, how would we approach people and talk to people and embrace people? If we could just read this little note on the front of them that's yeah. like I'm hurting, or I've had this, or this has happened to me, or this is what I'm dealing with, or this is what I'm going through. Ooh, it's Wouldn't amazing. That be powerful. What it would do for you. Yeah, yeah, it would be amazing. And so, yeah, we can't see that, but if we could just guess that, or you d- know, just assume that everybody is, you don't know what it is, but it's amazing as you reach out to other people and just look at them, look at them in the eyes, and just say, "I see you. I'm here for you. How can yeah. I support you? What can I pray for for you?" Mm-hmm. People just break down with just so much pain that they're carrying and so grateful that someone noticed. That's a powerful notion. And
0: just knowing everyone is dealing with something, especially right now. Right now. Yeah. You know, so final thing I wanted to ask you. Okay. And that is, you said, upgrade your happiness levels. And you said, happiness is a way of traveling. I loved that. (laughs) I loved that expression. So tell me more about that if you would.
1: Yeah. I think that I used to be a destination happiness person. So my favorite statement when I was a teenager and first married was I'll be happy when, when, (laughs) and so my husband was like, okay, you know, so I'll be happy when we get married, we get married. I'll be happy when we have kids, we have kids. I'll be happy when we can buy our first home. We buy our first home. I'll be happy when we can buy a car. We buy a car. Now I'll be happy when you graduate from college or oh, graduates from college. And and he's like, When is it ever gonna happen? Like it right. would just be something else that I was waiting yep. for to be happy. And so I was constantly like, okay, then I'll be happy because then I'll finally have that or be there or do this. And then I'd get it and have it and still not be happy. Yeah. And so that's when we realized that it's not a destination, it's not a place you arrive at. Oh. I'm here. I've arrived. I'm at the happiness station. Yes, I'm at the <laughs> happiness station. And now I'm just going to ride that train the rest of my life and <laughs> yeah. be just fine. Actually, that doesn't exist. So it's been a great journey for me to realize that happiness is what I'm in at all times. It's just the way I'm traveling. It's
0: mm-hmm. the way I
1: choose to get at every day. It's the yeah. choices I make. It's the gratitude I feel. It's the people in my life. It's the places I go. It's all happiness. It's just where you are. And yes, it's good to have goals. It's good to look forward to things, but you can't let that determine your happiness. Mm-mm. You will never, ever, ever get it. No. Because there'll always be something else where it's not as great as you imagined. You know, you're like, right? I thought this would make me happy and it didn't, you know? So it mm-hmm. comes with other sides of it as well. You know, you get the kids, you think, I'll be happy when I have kids. You get the kids. Oh, I'll be happy when they grow up and are out of the house. You know, like it's like (laughs) you can't let it, your happiness be determined on anyone or anything or any place. It's just the way to go. Yeah. I love that. You can decide. Yeah.
0: Cause we fall into that trap of that, I'll be happy when. Yeah. And then your whole life goes by.
1: Yeah. And that's, and then it's all gone and over. Mm -hmm. You're still waiting to be happy. That's miserable.
0: Yeah. Wow. This has been great. So tell tell us a little bit about your podcast and where people can learn more about you and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Heidi's Lemonade Stand. It's where we take lemons and make lemonade. So I know it's so silly. It's the silliest name no. ever. <laughs> and I actually didn't like the name when I was a kid. I hated the saying, Oh, when life hands your lemons, make lemonade. I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> life is harder than that. <laughs> you know? And I was making it so much worse than it was. So That was not something I loved hearing. But then when I had this idea for the lemonade stand, it was like, there's really no better description. Like it's people's hardships and what they've done because of them. So they've taken something that's not so great by itself and added a little bit of their own self, you know, their water, their sugar, their raspberries, whatever else they want to add to it and made it this thing that is shareable for everyone. Mm
0: -hmm. And there just
1: really wasn't a better description than lemonade stand. And so. I'm blessed to be able to associate with amazing people, and they're just average ordinary people that have yeah. gone through stuff and now share what they've learned. and it's just uplifting and inspiring to me. I look forward to it every day and I listen to the interview again after i after I do the interview, then I edit the interview and then I listen to it again. so I just I love it. It's one of my wow. favorite things, so
0: that's cool. It's
1: great. You can find it yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It's at Heidi's lemonade Stand, and then I have my website. Of Heidi's Lemonade Stand too. So perfect. Find out all about me there. So yeah. yeah. But thank well, that's you. awesome.
0: And your podcast is great. I love it. I love the concept of it. Yeah. So just thank you, Heidi. This has been great, man. The, the time flew by, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so I just want to say thank you. And I just appreciate you being here and sharing some of your, your story and, and as well as your insights.
1: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be able to talk to you. And thank you for letting me share. I love being a voice and encouraging others. You can do this. You've got this.
0: So That's thank right. You. I hope that you found a lot of inspiration in that conversation. As always, here are my three insights for thriving. Number one, I am enough. I am not sure if there are any more powerful words in the English language than these three words. Whatever challenge I might be facing, I am enough. Whatever problem needs to be solved, I am enough. If there is a puzzle to be solved, I am enough. Frankly, those are the easy ones for me as they play into my strength of overcoming and having been an underdog so many different times in my life. I know that I can triumph. You know what's harder for me when there isn't a challenge? As odd as it might sound, that's when I have to remind myself that I am enough. I don't have to have an obstacle or a challenge or a problem to overcome to be enough. I am enough just because I exist. Number two, notice the other person and the story that they are carrying. I loved Heidi's thought about how great it would be if we could have the hello, my name is, and here's what I'm experiencing right now sticker. Can you imagine how much more compassion we would have for others that we encounter if we could visibly see what they're going through. And number three, question your thoughts and what others say about you. Everything you hear may not be true, yet too often we accept it as truth. One of the tricks that I like to use is similar to what Heidi was saying, and it's just, I ask myself, if that statement were truth, What would be evidence proving its truth? Now, I use that primarily to manage my self-talk. A strategy for assessing the validity of external feedback that I really liked from the discussion, from the conversation is in what spirit was the feedback given? If I don't trust the spirit in which the feedback was given, I don't trust the feedback. And another strategy that we didn't discuss, but it occurred to me as I was just talking here now is how often do I hear this feedback? and from how many different people. So those are my three insights from the podcast, from the conversation. I'd love to hear your insights. You can always share those with me at bobby at unyielded.net. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. If you know of someone who could benefit from today's episode, I hope that you'll share it with them. It's why we started the podcast in the first place, to help others thrive. To end today, I wanna leave you with a thought that Heidi shared. What we focus on grows. What will you focus on this week?